your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 659 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends at Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, we're going to be having our third and final installment of an off-season series that we're doing here, where we basically just grade every single trade of the New York Rangers rebuild and uh, just kind of go one by one, assess a letter grade at the end of it, talk about, you know, what aspects of the trade were good, what aspects of the trade were not so good, basically just analyzing the job that the Rangers did since the letter went out to the fans where they basically just announced their intentions to rebuild. It was kind of refreshing to have that sort of honesty from a front office and understand where they're coming from and what they're looking to do moving forward. But uh, with all that said, we're going to go ahead and just dive right back into it here and pick up where we left off. And to do that, we are going to go to a trade that involved the Rangers acquiring Julian Gauthier from the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for defenseman Joey Keene. This happened on February 18th, 2020. You know, I like this trade when it happened because Julian Gauthier was a former first-round pick, I believe number 21 overall. He also had put up some very impressive numbers in the AHL. His second most recent season when it comes to the AHL was with the Charlotte Checkers. He skated in 75 games, had 27 goals, picked up 14 assists, so obviously, you know, producing some points. And then his most recent AHL season, also with the Charlotte Checkers, 44 games, 26 goals, 11 assists. So starting to approach the point-per-game uh, threshold, at least in the AHL, and somebody that's establishing himself as something of a sniper and certainly has a scoring touch, or at least it would appear. But as we all know by now, it just has not translated to success really of any kind in the NHL. Uh, Gautier played just five games with the Canes before this trade happened. He had one assist in that time. He has since played in 91 games with the Rangers, including a a career high, excuse me, 49 games this past season, and he has yet to take advantage of any of the opportunities that he's been given by the New York Rangers. 96 games last year with the Rangers, just five goals and only 13 assists, and he's kind of gone from, you know, my dark horse, the guy that I thought, you know, keep an eye on Gautier, don't forget about Gautier, that's kind of how I felt coming into this past season, and he's now basically become a complete afterthought. And he became an afterthought last season after a very busy trade deadline that saw the Rangers bring in Andrew Kopp, Frank Vitrano, and Tyler Mott. Once that happened, Julian Gauthier had absolutely, not absolutely, but basically no chance of cracking the lineup uh, the rest of the way. He was just kind of the forgotten man. He did not make a single appearance in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And he's now requested a trade, which I believe still could happen before the start of the season. He, for the time being, is back on the Rangers on a one-year deal worth 800 k and then he's a restricted free agent again at the end of this season. I think, uh, again, there's a pretty good chance he'll get dealt, and I'm just not so sure it's going to work out for him in the NHL. Not that he's ancient. He'll be 25 in October, but it just feels like, you know, from what we've seen, he can't really keep up with the speed of the NHL. And like I said, the relative success that he's had in the AHL has not translated uh, to the uh, final level, so to speak, of the NHL. Uh, I still have to think the Rangers won this trade, though, even though Gautier has mostly been a disappointment, because when you look at Joey Keane, 
which is the player that they dealt to the Canes in exchange for Julian Gauthier. Keen ends up playing in just two games with the Carolina Hurricanes. One was in this past season. The other was the season before that. Uh, he had in 62 AHL games last year, 33 points. Uh, but the Canes, you know, they've had kind of a crowded blue line and just never really saw fit to give Keen much of a chance. And then in the offseason, he actually signed a deal with uh, HC Spartak Moscow of the KHL. So if I'm going to put a grade on this, I'm actually going to give it a B because once again, even though it didn't really work out with Gautier, uh, the Rangers dealt from a position of depth. They got themselves somebody who ends up playing in 91 games for them and they at least got a chance to see a former first-rounder in action, try to unlock some of that potential. Like I said, it didn't really work out, but uh, a good trade nonetheless, I think, overall, you would have to say, for the Rangers. Uh, the very following day, we move ahead to February 19th, 2020. The Rangers acquire goalie J.F. Barabee from the Flyers in exchange for future considerations. Uh, Barabee, prior to this trade, had played in 34 career NHL games. He never actually appeared in a game with the Rangers. He did appear in seven games with the Hartford Wolfpack. And then this past season, he resurfaced for six games with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Didn't really play very well. Had a goals against average of 4-12 in those six games. He now in his career in the NHL, 12-12-4 with a 351 goals against average and an 898 save percentage. It's a trade that basically had no effect whatsoever on the Rangers, so it's very, very average, and I will give it a grade of a C. Uh, we fast forward then again five days later to February 24th, 2020, and this trade I really liked a lot when it happened, and I still do like it. The Rangers trade Brady Shea to the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for a 2020 first-round pick, and like I said, I liked it at the time. I still like it now. I was never really a Brady Shea guy, like, at all. I thought he was one of the more overrated Rangers in recent history. Uh, very clumsy with the puck. Never really thought he was a good skater. Thought there were times where he got caught a little flat-footed, got caught napping. Just was not a Brady Shea guy. And it drove me crazy, and I've talked about this in the past. But, you know, that letter goes out. The Rangers, they announced their intentions to rebuild the team. And, okay, great. You know, that's all well and good. Brady Shea ended up being, like, the one guy of the previous era that the Rangers held on to. You know, he had just signed that six-year, $5.25 million per season contract, and I'm just like, man, of all the guys, you know, we trade Zuccarello and Girardi and McDonough and Miller and uh, Kevin Hayes, to name a few, but we got to hang on to Brady Shea. Okay, fine, whatever. Never really understood it, but the Rangers end up moving on from Shea not too long after that. I believe it was just year two of his six-year contract, and it's very important because the Rangers by then were in full-fledged rebuild mode, and they needed to clear some cap space, and uh, they're able to Move on from Brady Shea and his $5.25 million a season cap hit. Imagine if they still had Brady Shea on this roster right now. And, you know, they had to keep paying him $5.25 million per season. You think the cap is tight right now? I mean, imagine some of the difficult decisions the Rangers would have had to have made, uh, you know, if Brady Shea was still here. So it was a great trade just to unload that contract. As far as what the Rangers actually received, though, they got a 2020 first rounder, a first rounder in exchange for Brady Shea, who I thought was a career underachiever after a somewhat promising start with the Rangers. But the Canes, they had the option whether to give up either their own first rounder or Toronto's first rounder in this year's draft, the 2020 NHL draft. So obviously they would choose to surrender whichever was the later of those two picks, which ended up being the Canes pick. And the Rangers then used this pick to trade up in a deal with Calgary. They move up to number 19 overall from number 22 overall. And the Rangers with that pick, they take 
Braden Schneider. This is the same draft class where the Rangers uh, picked number one and took Alexi Lafreniere, but they trade up here and they get their guy, Braden Schneider. So if I'm grading this, it is an A+. It really does not get much better than this. You trade a perennially underachieving defenseman, at least in my very humble opinion, in Brady Shea. You rid yourself of his $5.25 million cap hit, which was critical for the rebuild. And then you use that pick to then trade up and draft Braden Schneider, who looks like he could be a pillar, you know, a franchise pillar for the New York Rangers for many seasons to come. We'll see how it all shakes out. You never know if the Rangers are going to be able to afford somebody like Braden Schneider whenever he needs to get paid. But uh, yeah, he's off to a great start with his uh, Ranger career, and I think that should continue going into this season. I thought he played uh, very, very well for a rookie defenseman making his debut in the middle of a season for a team that was obviously contending this past year. So love what I'm seeing from Braden Schneider and absolutely love this trade. It is an A-plus, at least for me. Uh, we're going to continue rolling with this countdown in just a second. We're going to revisit the Mark Stahl trade. We are also going to uh, talk about what the Rangers got in exchange for Leas Anderson. We will get to all that good stuff and a lot of other trades in just a second. But first, uh, we have an important announcement here for you guys from the NHTSA. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's never okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. All right, and just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And we're going to go ahead and uh, fast forward. Let's see, that would be about seven months here from the Braden Schneider, or not the Braden Schneider trade, but the trade that uh, in a roundabout way led to the Rangers drafting Braden Schneider. That would be the Brady Shea trade uh, that, you know, yielded the Rangers Braden Schneider in due time. But that one happened in February of 2020, and we move ahead about seven months to September 26, 2020. And this is another deal that had to happen as the Rangers look to continue rebuilding and retooling and basically reshaping the future of the franchise. On this date, the Rangers trade Mark Stahl to the Detroit Red Wings in exchange, or excuse me, along with a second round pick in 2021 in exchange for future considerations. So basically in exchange for nothing. Uh, a true salary dump, if ever there was one. It's kind of a similar situation to Brady Shea. I mean, it's not all that similar because Shea's obviously a lot younger than Mark Stahl and they're both at very different points in their careers. Uh, Shea had like four and a half years left on his contract. Mark Stahl had one year left on his contract. But the Rangers had to move on from Mark Stahl. He was clearly overpaid at this point in his career. He was making $5.7 million per season. And the Detroit Red Wings, more so than wanting Mark Stahl, they wanted that Rangers second-round draft pick. And basically, the Red Wings were in full-fledged teardown rebuild mode as well. And the deal was basically, okay, we will take Mark Stahl off your hands if you give us a second-rounder in addition to Mark Stahl, and that's what happened. It's a move to me that basically just had to occur as the Rangers once again continued to go through this rebuild. It is somewhat regrettable that, you know, Mark Stahl didn't get a better ending with the Rangers, uh, but, you know, not everybody gets the storybook ending. Most people don't get the storybook ending. You know, Henrik Lundqvist was bought out of his last deal with the New York Rangers. So, you know, Stahl didn't get a storybook ending either, and granted, he's still playing. I mean, who knows? Maybe Mark Stahl uh, ends up winning a Stanley Cup before it's all said and done. But for all of Stahl's flaws and you know the way he declined toward the end of his run with New York, he was a part 
of some pretty lengthy playoff runs for the New York Rangers. He was pretty much always in a top four role. Uh, he was on the team that went to the finals in 2014. He was an alternate captain and a leader for a good chunk of his time with the New York Rangers. Uh, but he was someone who I don't think ever quite lived up to the hype either. Mark Stahl was basically supposed to be what Adam Fox has turned out to be. And I might be exaggerating a little bit, but not that much. Mark Stahl, you know, the, the grades and the way everybody hyped him up, you thought he was going to be, you know, Brian Leach, Adam Fox, pick whatever elite defenseman you want. He never really turned out to be that. But he was, though, was a reliable, tough defenseman and a staple of Ranger hockey for a very long time. Uh, so the Rangers, you know, they had to move on from him, though. They had to move on and open up some spots for some other players and continue the rebuild and rid themselves of his $5.7 million cap hit. Uh, as far as the second-round pick the Red Wings got in this trade, they end up dealing it to the Dallas Stars, who take defenseman Artyom Grushnikov. And uh, as far as the grade for this, it's hard to grade this too highly when you consider it's a trade that got the Rangers literally nothing. But again, for a cap dump, which really needed to happen— and for a fairly reasonable price of, you know, just giving away a second rounder rather than a first rounder in this cap dump, uh, I will give it a C plus. Again, it's hard to go much higher than that when the Rangers didn't receive anything in exchange for Stahl and the second rounder. But it was what it was. It was a cap dump. It was one that they probably needed to do. And so for that reason, uh, once again, I will give it a C plus. We move along about two weeks into the future here. We go to October 6th, 2020. The Rangers on this date acquire a 2020 First round pick from the Calgary Flames in exchange for a 2020 first round pick and a 2020 third round pick. So the Rangers moved up and we haven't really been including trades that consist of only draft picks, but we will make an exception here because it's a big one. And we sort of already covered this as part of our discussion on the Brady Shea trade. But yes, the Rangers, they end up trading up to the number 19 spot in this deal and they get their guy in Braden Schneider one pick ahead of the New Jersey Devils. The Devils at number 20 took defenseman Shakir Mukamadulin did my best with that. Hopefully it's, you know, accurate or fairly accurate. Uh, he has yet to make his NHL debut. But if the Raiders didn't pull the trigger on this trade, it's entirely possible that the Devils end up taking Braden Schneider, which would have been very unfortunate for all of us. I mean, not only would the Rangers have missed out on one of the elite defensemen of that year's draft class, but he might now be with the Devils instead of the Rangers. So it would suck tenfold, basically. Um, the Flames, they then traded away the first rounder that they acquired from the Rangers. They traded down, and they end up picking Connor Zary at number 24 overall. He has yet to make his NHL debut. And then with the third round pick that they acquired from the Rangers in this trade, the Flames took defenseman Jeremy Poirier. And uh, that was with the number 72 overall pick. So if I'm going to grade this, and granted, we don't know how those Flames players are going to pan out because neither one of them have made their NHL debut. But I'm going to give this an A because, you know, look, with Braden Schneider, I don't want to overdo it. I know he's not, like, on a Hall of Fame trajectory, at least not yet. But he is off to a very nice start in his NHL career. He looks poised. He looks confident. He looked that way basically from the time that he got the call from the Rangers to come up to the NHL. Plays very physical, adds some snarl. Uh, he can chip in offensively a little bit as well. For the most part, I thought he acclimated himself very well to the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, a couple hiccups here and there, but nothing out of the ordinary for a 20-year-old rookie playing in the playoffs for the first time. And what a luxury for the Rangers. They can put Braden Schneider on their third defense pairing. I think Braden Schneider on a lot of teams would probably be in the top four. Maybe on some teams he might be on the top pairing. But uh, with the Rangers, you know, they're absolutely loaded on the blue line right now, and they can afford to, uh, again, have that luxury of uh, just marching him out there on the third line. We'll see who ends up being his defense partner this season. But, yeah, I love this trade. They got up there, and uh, they did what they had to do, 
moved up to get their guy in Braden Schneider and very likely prevented the division rival Devils from taking Braden Schneider at number 20. So just an excellent job here. And uh, I got to give this grade or give this trade, excuse me, an A. Then a day later, we move to October 7th, 2020. The Rangers acquire a 2020 second round draft pick from the Los Angeles Kings in exchange for Leas Anderson. You know what? A plus. I don't even have to look up Anderson's numbers or even who the Rangers took with the pick that they acquired in this trade. It's already an A plus. Anderson was basically a malcontent during his time with the New York Rangers. I know he didn't always have a prominent role with the Rangers, but he really did nothing with the ice time that he was given. Anderson was previously taken number seven overall by the Rangers, and after doing absolutely nothing in the NHL and also showing some attitude problems, getting a second-round pick in exchange for Leas Anderson is quite the haul for Jeff Gorton. I think that's an A-plus right there. And, you know, granted, uh, it was not the best draft pick in the first place, and obviously Gorton and the Ranger front office, they bear some responsibility for that, but at least they kind of... Uh, made up for it at least a little bit, you know, getting themselves a second rounder in exchange for somebody who, again, had attitude problems and did absolutely nothing during his time on the ice with the New York Rangers. Uh, Anderson is now 23, so he's still got youth and time on his side, and who knows, maybe he'll still blossom into being a solid NHL player, but to date, you know, with the Rangers and now also with the Kings, he has basically done nothing. 109 games at the NHL level. He has scored just seven goals. He has picked up just 10 assists. Uh, last year with the Kings, he had... In 20 games, a grand total of one goal and one assist. That's it. So to me, this trade is an A-plus before I even check the return for the Rangers. But it gets even better because the Rangers, like I mentioned, they did indeed get a second rounder from the Los Angeles Kings. They used that second rounder to take Will Cooley, who has climbed pretty quickly as far as you know top Ranger prospects are concerned. Now look, he has yet to make his NHL debut. There are no guarantees as far as how this is going to work out. But the Rangers are fairly high on Will Cooley. Uh, they do seem to like that blend of toughness and skill that he seems to possess. Uh, and there's a fairly good chance that we see him with the Rangers this upcoming season. He can be assigned to the Hartford Wolfpack to start the season. And I get the feeling if he does well there and the Rangers are looking for a spark or maybe there's just a situation where, you know, somebody's injured and they need somebody to take his place. I think Will Cooley could get the call from the New York Rangers. I think there's a fairly good chance we see him uh, on Broadway at some point for this upcoming season. Cooley's definitely got some upside. And on top of that, he cannot possibly do worse with the Rangers than Leas Anderson did. Uh, Cooley just won the gold medal with Team Canada at the World Juniors. And uh, this past season with the Windsor Spitfires of the OHL uh, just basically lit up that league. He puts up a staggering 73 points in just 52 games. And to be exact, it was 38 goals and 38 assists. And then he scored another 15 goals, picked up another 16 assists in just 25 playoff games. The guy looks like a player. And the fact that the Rangers parlayed Leas Anderson into Will Cooley. That is no small feat, and that is something to be applauded. It was an A-plus before I even checked to see, you know, who they took with that second-round pick. It's now an A-plus-plus. This is an A-plus-plus move by the New York Rangers, uh, unloading Leas Anderson in exchange for a second-rounder, and then picking up Will Cooley. And again, no guarantees, but somebody who looks like uh, he could be a very strong player for this New York Ranger team going forward. And we will continue uh, diving into the other moves that the Rangers have made uh, during the rebuild and see how they all shook out. We'll take a look at the trade that sent Brett Howden to Vegas. We'll also take a look at the trade that uh, landed the Rangers, Barkley Goodrow from the Tampa Bay Lightning, and we will do all that in just a second. All right, so we go ahead and we fast forward approximately seven months to July 21, 2021. 
This is one of the Rangers' first trades uh, heading into uh, the season that just concluded. And on this date, the Rangers trade Brett Howden to the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for defenseman Nick DeSimone and a fourth-round pick. Brett Howden, look, they tried to make it work. They gave him some opportunities. He was part of that ill-fated uh, trade that sent... JT Miller and Ryan McDonough to Tampa, which obviously did not work out at all for the New York Rangers. No need to rehash that, though. Uh, Brett Howden, he got his opportunities. He seemed to be a favorite of David Quinn for some reason. He was good on the penalty kill, didn't really bring much else to the table, and uh, just never really panned out for Brett Howden, a former first-round pick. The Rangers, at this point, to me, it was addition by subtraction. Brett Howden had plenty of opportunities. He did absolutely nothing with them. It was time for him to move aside and give someone else a chance, and the Rangers accomplished that feat once again by trading him to Vegas in exchange for Nick DeSimone and a fourth-round pick. DeSimone is no longer with the Rangers. He played this past season with the Stockton Heat of the AHL. Uh, the Heat is the AHL affiliate of the Flames. He had four goals and 21 assists. Uh, with the Heat in 68 games, he has yet to play in the NHL. As far as the fourth rounder is concerned, the Rangers used it uh, this past year's draft here in 2022 to take center Noah Laba. Uh, Laba most recently had 39 points in 50 games with the Lincoln Stars of the USHL. And as far as the letter grade, I'll give it a B. You know, the Rangers just had to move on. Trading Howden at that point was addition by subtraction. Obviously, the original trade that included the Rangers, you know, bringing in Howden and Nemestikov and Libor Hayek and whoever else, <laughs> you know, not a good trade at all for the New York Rangers, but we're not going to include that in the grade here. As it stood, the Rangers had to move on from Brett Howden. They did that. They got themselves a fourth rounder and a defenseman for a brief time. It's a B. You know, even just a straight salary dump move would have gotten a favorable grade from me. The fact that they actually got a fourth rounder, I'll give it a B. I think that's a B, you know, once again, moving on from Brett Howden. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm really not. But Howden did nothing with his time with the Rangers. And to me, it's a move that is addition by subtraction. On that very same day, the Rangers weren't done. They acquired Barclay Goodrow from the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for just a 2022 seventh-round pick. I really like this trade when it happened. I like it even more now after seeing Barclay Goodrow in his first season with the New York Rangers and uh, the way he played and the impact that he made. Uh, the Rangers, after doing this trade, they immediately extend Goodrow with a six-year deal worth $3.641 million per season. Uh, that deal also includes a 15-team no-trade list for Barclay Goodrow for the duration of the contract. It's a lengthy contract, you know, six years and you know, a fairly high amount for a guy that's usually a bottom sixer, that's for sure. But, you know, you give him more years, you can get away then with giving him fewer dollars per season, and that's something that is positively impacting the Rangers right now. You know, they might not have been able to afford somebody like uh, Vincent Trocek this offseason if they did a shorter deal with Gaudreau for more dollars per year. When you give more years, you can, you know, there's a little bit of give and take there. You can afford to then give him a little bit less money per season and again, that is playing into the Rangers' hands right now. And again, you can say that this is a little bit much for a bottom sixer, but uh, Goudreau, for me, is one of the elite defensive forwards in the game. He's always in great position, a great penalty killer, tough as nails, kind of a throwback player, someone who really makes a positive difference for the New York Rangers. He can play top six in a pinch. I still see him as kind of a bottom sixer. I'm sure at some point this upcoming season, you know, maybe we see him make a cameo in the top six, but for the most part, I do see him certainly as a bottom sixer. Although I, I will say he did just set a new career high with 13 goals, a new career high with 20 assists. So obviously a new career high of 33 points. He's somebody that can take advantage of the opportunities if they're given to him. But to me, Barclay Goodrow, just a glue guy. On top of everything I just mentioned, uh, you know, acquiring Barclay Goodrow, he became the first New York Ranger 
who was a prior Stanley Cup champion on the roster since Marty St. Louis was here. So that's nice too. And uh, again, even in his first year, he was one of the six alternate captains for the Rangers. So obviously they like him from a leadership standpoint as well. And I would think he'll probably remain an alternate captain this upcoming season. Obviously, Truba's now the captain. We'll see how that all shakes out. And uh, the fact that, once again, they got him for just a seventh rounder. The price was right as far as the Rangers picking up Barclay Goodrow. They got a good one here. He's going to be with the Rangers for several seasons. I think his game will age fairly well, and it's not going to be a disaster in two or three years or or whatever it might be. Uh, I think he'll continue to play his game. His defensive smarts and his physicality, I don't think that's something that's going to age out. So the long contract... Well, not perfectly ideal. I mean, six years is probably a little bit much for Barclay Goodrow. I don't think it's going to kill the Rangers either uh, by that same token. And I kind of just uh, gave away what I'm going to use as the criteria for the grade. I'm going to give this an A. The only thing you can really nitpick here just a little bit, once again, is the average annual value maybe being a little bit high for Barclay Goodrow and the length of the contract perhaps also being a little bit high for Barclay Goodrow. But again, this is somebody that's going to continue to play a key role for this team and bring some leadership, and just a good all-around player, and somebody that I think the Rangers are very fortunate to have. And as far as the seventh-round draft pick is concerned, the Lightning use it to take defenseman Dylan Gill. Gill was the third-to-last player selected in this past year's draft. He went number 223 overall. I have never heard of Dylan Gill, neither of any of you, so let's go ahead and move on here. Uh, again, that's an A for the Rangers, acquiring Barkley Goodrow for next to nothing, and then extending him uh, beyond that as well. Uh, We jump ahead six days to July 23rd, 2021. One of the more controversial Ranger trades by the Rangers, dare I say one of the more controversial trades in team history. I mean, maybe that's a bridge too far, but uh, certainly in recent years, uh, you know, the past 30 years or however far you want to go back, they trade Pavel Buchnevich to the St. Louis Blues in exchange for Sammy Blay and a 2022 second round pick. Lot to unpack here. First of all, let's start with Buchnevich. This is somebody who the Rangers selected in the third round back in 2013. One of those players who just got better and better and better with every passing season. Uh, There were times where he would find himself in David Quinn's doghouse. So, I mean, think about that. You know, Pavel Buchnevich is constantly in David Quinn's doghouse. Brett Howden can do no wrong. Really let that sink in for a second. But he was a target of Quinn's to the point that I thought it was a little bit unfair. He got benched a couple of times in the middle of the game. Uh, but again, Buchnevich, somebody that improved with each passing season. Thought he did a really nice job kind of driving the play while sharing the ice in the top line with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. Uh, Buchnevich's final season with the Rangers was his best as a member of the Blue Shirts. He ends up with 20 goals, 28 assists for a total of 48 points in 54 games. That was his fifth and final season with the team. I don't think the Rangers and Chris Jury specifically necessarily were like dying to trade Pavel Buchnevich. I think they were looking at it from a practical standpoint where they didn't really think they'd be able to afford him going forward. And even now, you know, I got to sit here, even with him having an outstanding season with the St. Louis Blues being a point per game player for the first time, I believe it was 76 points in 73 games. I think this is probably the right thing to do because you, you look down the road at the time when this trade was made. The Rangers, when this trade went through, they still had to extend Mika Zibanejad. They still had to extend Adam Fox. They still had to extend Igor Shesterkin. And they did all that. And which one of those players would you rather not have in order to make room for Pavel Buchnevich? Probably none of them. And, you know, that doesn't even account for players that are probably going to have to get paid in the future. Capo Caco, Alexi Lafreniere, Keandre Miller— guys who the Rangers are all hoping will take that next step. I mean, Ke'Andre Miller's already there. To me, he's already uh, a special defenseman in this league, but these guys are eventually going to have to be paid, and I think they were looking at it as all those guys have more upside long-term than Pavel Buchnevich does, and Buch ends up getting $5.8 million per season for four years. 
uh, that was just too steep in the minds of the New York Rangers. And for me, it is uh, certainly understandable. I know it's not ideal. I would have liked to have seen Pavel Buchnevich back with his team as well. He did a lot of good things. I'll never forget when he, uh, you know, Brad Marchand basically cross-checked Lingren in the back. So Buchnevich uh, followed suit and cross-checked Marchand in the back, popped his helmet off, knocked him to the ice. Uh, he was down in the trenches when all that nonsense was going on with Tom Wilson. I really like Pavel Buchnevich, but to me, even though it's a trade that did not make me over the moon, it is a trade that I nevertheless understood. And the Rangers, you know, they bring in Sammy Blay, and it's hard to kind of judge Blay right now because he was lost for this past season on a dirty play by a dirty player, that of course being P.K. Slubon. And uh, Blay, you know, 14 games with the Rangers last year, no goals, four assists, but he is a very physical player. We saw that in his brief time with the Rangers last season and somebody that I think can uh, do a nice job rounding out the bottom six for this Ranger team. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what Sammy Blay can do, uh, though for his career, I do have to point out 133 games, just 39 points. So I not probably going to be an offensive juggernaut, but again, somebody that I think should be a nice job. Once again, rounding out uh, the bottom six for this team. He's also a former Stanley Cup champion, so he's got that in common with Barclay Goodrow. And as for the second rounder, the Rangers ended up using that pick to acquire Andrew Kopp from the Jets as a rental. So that brings up the grade a little bit, at least for me. I thought Kopp did a heck of a job as a rental for the New York Rangers, a big part of them, you know, putting themselves in good position going into the playoffs and then going on that run in the playoffs. It's tough to say goodbye to Andrew Kopp. He was only here for a brief time, did a really nice job. If I'm going to put a letter grade on this, it's a really tough one for me, but I'm going to say B-. minus. I think the Rangers maybe could have gotten more for Pavel Buchnevich, but in their minds, their hands were tied. You know, they couldn't afford to re-sign Pavel Buchnevich long-term, so a trade was basically the only move. They end up getting Sammy Blay, who, again, should be a good depth piece for this team, at least for the next season. He's an unrestricted free agent the season after that. Uh, and in a roundabout way, they use this trade to also bring in Andrew Kopp as a rental last season, and Kopp once again helps his team get to the Eastern Conference Final in one of the most fun seasons that I've ever experienced as a New York Ranger fan. So I will go B-. minus. It would be higher, but I think the Rangers maybe could have gotten a little bit more for Pavel Buchnevich. Hard to say for sure. It's always a little bit tough to assess the trade market. You know, guys are acquired for less than you think that they're worth, and then they're acquired for more than you think that they're worth. You guys know how it goes. You watch this sport. Uh, but overall, uh, again, a solid trade for the New York Rangers, even though they lost uh, you know, a very good and a rapidly improving player in Pavel Buchnevich. And then finally, the last trade of what I consider to be the rebuild era of Ranger hockey here. Uh, just six days later, on July 29, 2021, the Rangers trade a 2022 third-round pick to the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for Ryan Reeves. Now, a third-rounder, you might say that that's a little bit steep for a fourth-liner and an enforcer type in Ryan Reeves, but the Rangers understandably wanted this team to be bigger and tougher for the next season, and there was no better way of doing that than by adding Ryan Reeves. I mean, one of the most feared players in hockey. Uh, the Rangers almost immediately after this trade signed Ryan Reeves to a one-year contract extension. He only had one year left on his deal. The Rangers tack on another year in addition to that. I was okay with it at the time. I still am okay with it. You know, I like that Ryan Reeves is still here. Some people are probably upset because you, know, you look at the Ryan Reeves contract and maybe that's the reason why Tyler Mott isn't coming back to this team, or at least right now it appears he won't be back. Uh, but the Rangers, you know, they wanted to make sure that they had their enforcer for at least the next two seasons. So in my mind, it was understandable. As far as what he brings to the table, Reeves is Reeves. You know, he's not going to surprise you at this point. He's not going to be an offensive juggernaut, but he will watch out for his teammates. He will fight when the occasion calls for it, even if it is a little bit difficult for him to find a dance partner these days. And this guy will dole out some punishing hits as well. He, he continued to do that through the entire season. Uh, great team guy. 
seemed to instill a little bit of swagger, a little bit of confidence into this Ranger team. Uh, I love how he does that whole pregame thing where he yells, release us to Igor or whoever's playing goalie uh, for that night, and then they uh, make their way onto the ice. But I'm still glad Ryan Reeves is here. Not everything can be measured in metrics and analytics. And, uh, you know, Reeves, to me, just watching him interact with his teammates, he always struck me as kind of the older brother on this team. He was the oldest player on this Ranger team last year by about five years. And, uh, again, he definitely played, I thought, that bigger brother role uh, to a T for this team. So if I'm giving this a grade, I'll give it a B. Because, once again, a third-rounder, for an enforcer and somebody that's probably going to end up being a healthy scratch at times this upcoming season if he's still on the team. That's a little bit steep, but this is who the Rangers wanted and they made it happen. And I do believe Ryan Reeves has had a positive influence on this team. Uh, And as far as the third rounder, uh, that was traded by the Knights to the Leafs. The Leafs took right winger Nicholas Moldenhauer. Uh, We'll see how that shakes out. But yeah, again, I'm going to give the Reeves trade a B. Uh, That will pretty much do it for today, though, guys. This is a ton of fun, you know, going through this three-part series here. Going down memory lane, revisiting all the Ranger trades that they made during this rebuild era, and it's given us a team that we can be proud of. It's given us a team that had an excellent season last year, an even better postseason, marching through the playoffs, making it to the Eastern Conference Final. It's a shame they couldn't finish the run, uh, but what a journey that was. I had an absolute blast watching it. Hopefully you guys did as well. Uh, That will pretty much do it for today, though. This is your daily reminder that Tyler Mott is still an unrestricted free agent. And it's also your daily reminder, if you played in the Fantasy Hockey League last year, get in touch with me, send me an email, uh, send me a DM on Twitter, do whatever you got to do, and your spot will be secure. And if you did not play in the Fantasy League last year, but you'd like to play this year, uh, also send me a DM or an email. I'll save your spot in line, and we'll do what we can uh, to hopefully get you into the league. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to continue our off-season series of best and worst-case scenarios, and we will do so by shifting our attention to the Rangers' third line, or at least what I believe will be the third line. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.